Good day, and welcome back to Latin 2 from the Church of St. Agnes. Today we are going to go over our Unit 18 exercises that, we were, that you were assigned for homework last time. These begin on page 150 of the Collins book. So let's take a look at uh, Roman numeral number 2, paraphrastic conjugations, and um, review those constructions as we translate these practice sentences. The first one, Christus cum gloria venturus est. That's a fairly straightforward sentence. Christ with glory is about to come, or Christ is about to come with glory. The important thing is venturus est, the paraphrastic conjugation, it's active, we use a future active participle, venturus, from venio, and the verb to be est. He is about to come with glory or in glory. Okay, number two, Maria oratura erat. Mary was about to pray. Again, it's the same construction, the uh, active paraphrastic with the future active participle, from oro, orare, to pray, oratura. Notice that oraturus a um modifies Maria. That's why it has a feminine ending a. And the verb to be, erat, the imperfect past, Mary was about to pray. She was going to pray. Okay, the next one. Diaconos primum lexionem lecturus fuerat. Diaconus is the subject, the deacon. Notice the verb, lecturus fuerat. Same construction. He had been about to read. Notice, fuerat, pluperfect, had been. Lecturus, about to read. The deacon had been about to read primam lectionem, the first lesson. That's your object, direct object of the verb. Lecturus fuerat. Okay, so I hope you're getting used to these uh, paraphrastic conjugations. Now we have, in the next one, a passive paraphrastic. Prima lexio diacono legenda erit. Prima lexio, the subject, the first reading, legenda erit. There's your verb. It's the passive paraphrastic. The future passive participle from lego, to read or to choose, to read out. Air it with the future of the verb to be. The first lesson will have to be read diacono. Notice, dative of agent with a passive paraphrastic. This is very important. With a passive paraphrastic, instead of a or ob plus the ablative as the ablative agent, you will normally find a dative of agent. So the first reading will have to be read showing obligation or necessity by the deacon. Number five, vinum servo miscendum est. There's the subject, vinum, servo, ah, dative or ablative, and then we have miscendum est, a passive paraphrastic from miscos to, to, to uh, miscale, to mix, to uh, stir up here, vinum, of course, to mix. The wine must be mixed or ought to be mixed by the servant. A uh, point here of uh, cultural information 
in antiquity, wine was almost always mixed with water. And as a matter of fact, in, uh, even in modern Greece today, uh, the Greeks have a saying that you should mix your wine with water uh, during all the months uh, that begin with the letter J. That's just a cultural uh, sort of tidbit there that you might be interested in. The point is, here, wine must be mixed by the servant, dative of agent, servo. And number six, panes apostolis colligenda erant. Panes is the subject, the loaves, the loaves of bread. Colligenda erant. Again, the passive paraphrastic, but now with a past tense, had to be collected. Apostolis, dative again without a preposition, the dative of agent, by the apostles. Notice that in all of the paraphrastic conjugations, when you use the participle, the participle must agree in number, gender, and case with the subject. So the bread here is the subject. It's masculine plural, and we have the masculine plural ending on the future passive participle, colligendi. Panes colligendi erant. The bread, the, the loaves, had to be collected uh, by the apostles. Okay, so those are your paraphrastic conjugations, both active and passive. We'll get more examples of them, of course, as we do our exercises. So let's turn to those now on the same page, 150. And we were doing the even-numbered exercises this week. So let's take a look at number two. Ritu incepto devoti conveniunt circum festum altare domini, arte humanitatis factum. Okay, so here's a beautiful example of something in the ablative, a noun in the ablative, a participle modifying it, set off by commas. Your brain is going to immediately register. What is that? It's an ablative absolute. So, with the right having been begun, the right having begun, devoti conveniat, the devoted ones, the devout, conveniat, come together, circum festum altari, around the festival altar, the festival altar of the Lord, Domini. Arte humanitatis factum. What kind of altar is it? It's one factum arte humanitatis. Notice, altare is the neuter, right? It's a neuter accusative singular. Therefore, festum is neuter accusative singular, but it's also modified by factum. What kind of altar is it? An altar having been made by the skill of humanity or the art of humanity. Arte there, an ablative of means or instrument. So, one more time, we have an ablative absolute telling the circumstances under which the main sentence functions. The, dev the devoted ones circle around or uh, convene around the festal altar with the rite having been begun. Having begun the ritual having begun, the devout come around the altar of the Lord. What kind of altar is it? It's one that was made by the skill or the art of humanity. Okay, that's a good sentence. Gives you a lot of practice on um, many uh, grammatical points that we've been covering in these past few weeks. Let's take a look at number four. Pater benignus humanitati panem quotidianum semper dat. Pretty straightforward sentence there. 
Pater Benignus, the benign, the kind, the loving father, dot, always gives, semper dot. What does he give? Panem quotidianum, daily bread, humanitati, with the verb like giving, we're going to expect a dative of an indirect object there, to humanity. The, the loving father often gives, or always gives, I'm sorry, always gives, daily bread to humanity. All right. Number six. Prima lectione lecta, ah, comma, principium evangelii secundum lucam, levite legendum erat. Lectione finita, populus acclamavit. So we're getting good practice here on our ablatives absolute. So the sentence begins with one. Prima lectione lecta, the first reading having been read. That's also a cognate accusative, isn't it? A reading having been read. Read a reading. Run a race. That's the cognate accusative. Here we have the ablative, the first reading having been read. That's the circumstances under which the rest of the sentence functions. Principium evangelii, the beginning of the gospel, secundum lucam, according to Luke, Levite legendum erat. There's your verb, legendum erat. And it's a passive paraphrastic showing obligation or necessity. It had to be read by the Levite or the priest, right? You see that levite is in the dative, the dative of agent without a preposition, with the passive paraphrastic. So the first, the beginning of the gospel, according to Luke, had to be read by the Levite. Lexione finita, the reading having been finished, another ablative absolute, the people acclamavit, shouted or acclaimed, raised an acclamation. So both those ablatives absolute tell the circumstances under which the main clause functioned. Prima lexione lecta, the first reading having been read, and then in the second sentence, lexione finita, the reading having been finished. Those are the circumstances under which the main clauses function. Beautiful ablative, ablatives absolute, the nouns go in the ablative, the participles modify them in number, gender, and case as the verbs of those clauses. Now you can, of course, as we've said many times uh, in teaching the ablative absolute, you can um, elaborate in English in a, in, by using a subordinating conjunction. So you could say, after the first reading was read, the beginning of the gospel. Or in the second case, when the reading was finished, the people shouted out. Uh, you can do that uh, if you want, or you can keep it very literal, just so you know that those circumstantial clauses in the ablative abs of, of ablatives absolute show time, cause, condition, or concession. They tell the circumstances under which the main clause functions. Very good. Let's take a look at number eight. Sapientia clementiaque dei omnibus christianis semperet ubique laudandae sunt. Ah, okay, so laudandae sunt. There you see uh, the future passive participle with the verb to be, you're going to automatically think passive paraphrastic. Let's find the subject there. Sapientia clementiaque. 
So the wisdom and clemency of God, the wisdom and mercy of God, laudandai sunt, ought to be praised. Notice, laudandai, laudande sunt, I'm sorry, speaking classical Latin there for a minute, laudande sunt, um, uh, notice that it's feminine nominative plural because we have a compound subject, sapientia and clemencia. Those are two feminine nouns, and uh, Latin can do it two ways. Latin will sometimes just make that a singular and to agree with the closest subject. But here, technically, just like we do in English, if you have a plural subject, you need a plural verb. So we have laudande sunt, the AE modifying the dual subject, wisdom and clemency. So the wisdom and clemency or mercy of God ought to be or must be praised, remember, showing obligation or necessity, must be praised, omnibus Christianis, by all Christians. And we have the two adverbs, semper et ubique, always and everywhere. So wisdom, the wisdom and mercy of God, always and everywhere, must be praised by all Christians. And notice omnibus Christianis, again, a dative of agent, without a preposition. It's not the ablative of agent, uh, where we would expect an ah or an ab, but a dative of agent without a preposition. Okay, very good. I hope that's clear. Let's take a look at number 10. Dominus Jesus, apostolis sepe ostendebat, quod mors eius in salutem mundi Suffectura erat. Ah, suffectura erat. The first or the active uh, paraphrastic conjugation. So the subject is first in the sentence there, Dominus Jesus. The Lord Jesus, now we see apostolis sepe ostendebat, was often showing apostolis to the apostles or demonstrating to the apostles Quote, that, mors eius, his death, in salutum mundi suffectura erat. Suffectura erat, that his death, suffectura erat, would, was to be sufficient. Was to be, was about to be. Notice, suffectura from sufficio, to be sufficient, to, to make up for, to, to cover here, to... Would, would be sufficient, was to be sufficient. Notice we have the erat uh, and the future active participle. Suffectura ends in an A because mors is feminine and it's modifying mors. His death was to be sufficient in salutem mundi for or into, literally into, but we would say for the salvation of the world. Okay, let's read that one more time just to make it uh, flow a little better. The uh, Lord Jesus often was showing to the apostles or demonstrating to the apostles that his death was to be sufficient for the salvation of the world. Very good. The future uh, active participle there with the verb to be and the active paraphrastic conjugation. Okay, number 12. Jesus autem non volebat in Judea in Judea circuire 
quia iudei dicebant quod interfici endus erat. Okay. So we have a compound sentence here in the first clause. Jesus, however, non volebat, was not wishing, was not willing, was not wishing, in Judea circuire, to circulate, to go around, to travel around in Judea. Quia, because, Judei, there's the subject of the quia clause, because the Jews, dicebat, were saying, quote, that interficiendus erat, there's the future passive participle plus the verb to be, the passive paraphrastic. They were saying, the Jews were saying that he had to be killed. He was about to be killed. He had to be killed. Showing, need, you need to try to show obligation or necessity in your translation. So, Jesus, however, was not wishing or not willing to uh, travel about in Judea because the Jews were saying that he had to be killed. And there shows your passive paraphrastic, shows your obligation or necessity. Okay, number 14 on page 151. Baptizatus autem Jesus, confestim ascendit de aqua. This comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew. Uh, Jesus, however, baptizatus. There's your perfect passive participle modifying him. What kind of Jesus is he? He's a having been baptized Jesus. Jesus, having been baptized, immediately, confessed him is the same as statim, immediately ascended, uh, ascends, get, comes out, or came out, de aqua, out of the water. So once Jesus was baptized, immediately he uh, rises up out of the water, de aqua. Um, and uh, that sentence is pretty straightforward. We have a perfect passive participle modifying our uh, subject, Jesus. Okay, good. Let's take a look at 16. Ioannis Baptista dixit quoniam Jesu baptizandus fuit. Okay, so we have the subject uh, in the main sense, Ioannis Baptista, John the Baptist. Uh, Baptista is uh, a positive, really, or uh, uh, really uh, another noun describing John. John the Baptist, Dixit, said, quoniam, that baptizandus fuit. He had to be baptized by Jesus. Notice, Jesu is not the nominative, so it's not that Jesus had to be baptized, but it's he had to be baptized Baptizandus refers back to John. John the Baptist said that he had to be baptized by Jesus. It was the necessity that he needed to be baptized by Jesus. Baptizandus foot, the uh, passive paraphrastic, with the perfect form of the verb of sum. Sum esse fui, right? Fuit. So notice, Jesus is in the uh, actually, it's in the dative, not the ablative. It's in the dative. Why? Because it's a dative of agent. He ought to have been baptized by Jesus. He should be baptized by Jesus. Okay. Uh, if we had a normal, regular, passive verb, and I've mentioned this before, I'll reiterate it again. If we had a normal and not a paraphrastic form, 
we would expect the ablative agent and we'd say, ah, Yesu. But because we have a passive periphrastic verb and baptizandus fuit, we have a dative of agent, Yesu, without a preposition. Okay, I hope you're remembering that. Now, we've had several examples of it. Let's take a look at 18. Tunc sacerdos manibus extensis dicit orationem. Then the priest, manibus extensis, dicit orationem. The main verb, dicit, he speaks the prayer. This is uh, apparently at one of the rubrics in the Mass. Under what circumstances does he speak the prayer? Manibus extensis, with hands having been extended. This is a beautiful example of an ablative absolute phrase. Here inserted in the middle of the sentence, uh, then the priest, with hands having been extended, this is the, the, the oron's position that the priest assumes during Mass so many times, dicit orationem, speaks the prayer. So that tells the priest, these are the rubrics that uh, give the priest instruction about what to do at various points in the Mass. Manibus extensis, an ablative absolute, telling the circumstances under which dicit orationem, he speaks the prayer. How does he do it? with hands having been extended. Okay, that's a good example of an ablative absolute. Let's take a look at 20. We all know this one almost by heart, probably, if we attend Mass in Latin. Credimus in spiritum sanctum dominum et vivificantem qui ex patre filioque procedit. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and vivificantem, the one vivifying, we say the Lord and giver of life, the one giving life. Qui, who, ex patre filioque procedit, who from the Father and the Son proceeded. Who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Uh, notice this is the so-called filioque clause. If you know your church history, you will know that this caused great consternation between the Eastern and Western church because the Western church uh, uh, has uh, included the phrase filioque, the filioque clause. Uh, the Eastern Church, the Greeks, um, do not include filioque. They say that the Spirit proceeds from the Father. We say from the Father and the Son. And this caused uh, great uh, consternation and battle uh, between the Eastern, or Eastern and Western churches. Uh, in, in, in history, uh, which is uh, an unfortunate uh, occurrence, uh, as all such battles and schisms are. At any rate, uh, the sentence is straightforward. We know it. We believe in Spiritum Sanctum, in the Holy Spirit. The Lord, notice that's a, a positive. He's the Lord and giver of life, the one vivifying. Then we have a relative clause who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Okay, number 22. Perficere autem bonum non invenio. Uh, this is not a great Latin sense. I would say this is one of Collins's uh, weaker points here of constructing a sentence. But nevertheless, I think uh, you can make sense of what it means. Uh, perficere autem bonum. Uh, to do, to perfect, to perform, to complete, uh, uh, to complete or perform good, non invenio, 
I do not find. Well, what in the world? Well, we have to, often with a Latin verb like find, we have to supply in English a word like how. I do not find, I do not discover, I do not figure out how to perfect or perform good, the good thing. Perficere bonum. Uh, that's a uh, phrase um, which really acts as the entire object of non-invenio. I do not know, I do not find out how, what? Perficere bonum, to perfect or, or complete or uh, perform the good thing, the good act, to do good, to do good. So that's, uh, that's not a great sentence. Uh, it's rather cryptic. Uh, I don't think I would have uh, uh, construed it in that way in Latin, but uh, there we have it, and that's really what it means. Let's move on to 24. Ecce enim evangelizo vobis gaudium magnum quod erit omni populo. And uh, this is the Evangelium secundum lucum, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verse 10. Behold, for behold, ecce enim, for behold, evangelizo. Evangelizo literally means to announce the good news, um, to proclaim, evangelizo. The evangelium, notice uh, the noun in that same sentence down a little later, is the evangelium. Uh, Eu in Greek means good, well, and angelos. Angelos in Greek is an angel, an announcement, an angelium. Is an announcement, so a good announcement, the good news. We call the gospel the good news. That's literally the Greek uh, translation, uh, the good news. Evangelizo is the verb we get um, to announce the good news to you, but here we it takes an object as well. So I announce to you gaudium manium, a great joy. Quod erit omni populo which will be for all people. Notice here we have the dative case, omni popolo, and it's probably here a dative of advantage, a dative of uh, reference in reference to all people, but certainly a dative of advantage because the, the, this is the angel, these are the angels announcing to the people the birth of Jesus. So that's the good news, the Gaudium Magnum, uh, which will be for all people a Gaudium Magnum. Yes. So behold, I announce to you a great joy, which will be for all people. And that's the gospel secundum lucam, according to Luke. And our final one, 26. Beati qui ambulant in lege domini, from one of the Psalms, uh, beati qui, happy or blessed are those qui ambulant, who walk in lege domini, in the law of the Lord. Uh, pretty straightforward sentence, uh, very nice one, and one that we see in, in this form or a uh, very like form unto it in several of the Psalms. Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord. That's a nice way to end our lesson. So there you have it, your exercises for Unit 18. Um, I hope that they were clearly explained to you. Um, we saw many examples of the paraphrastic conjugations, both the active and the passive. Uh, gave you a lot of practice on those. Gave you a lot of practice on the um, ablatives absolute that we've been talking about 
for the last several uh, lessons. So please uh, study those uh, sentences carefully. If you need more practice, you can always go back and do the odd-numbered exercises. And um, remember, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to drop me an email at may at stoloff.edu. I'll be glad to answer any of your questions. I hope that I've uh, successfully explained those exercises to you. And until next time, when we'll move on to our next unit, I wish you a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.